Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Miles Away. I am your host, Zach Honig, and today we're heading down south to New Orleans, Louisiana. We'll talk about the city's culture, how to get there, and where you should stay once you arrive. So on this episode of Miles Away, I am actually in the beautiful New York Times building. I'm sitting down with with uh, Dan Saltstein, who is the former one of the former travel editors at the New York Times and is now the editorial director for Special Projects. So, Dan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. So what, what do you do in your role at the New York Times? So Special Projects sort of spans the entire newsroom in theory. It's, it's essentially any project that either falls sort of in between or across different uh, sections of the, of, the, of the newsroom or projects that require extra uh, attention and sort of help. And what, one of your special projects is, I, I think, one that almost all TPG readers are probably familiar with, and that's the 50 Places Traveler. Right, 52 Places Traveler. 52 Places. Yeah. Right. And then last year was the first time that we actually, we'd, we'd been talking about this for a few years, but last time was the first time we actually pulled the trigger on sending somebody to all 52 places. We thought it went well enough that we are doing it again this year and after a similar process. We didn't get as many applicants this year, luckily for us. I think partly it was sort of self-selective. People were like, people looked at it and were like, oh, that actually does look really hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but we ended up picking uh, Sebastian Modak, who um, was most recently at Condé Nast Traveler and uh, is absolutely terrific. So he'll, he'll be hitting the road. Uh, and to Puerto Rico, to right? Puerto okay. Rico, yeah, which is the number one spot. So we, we, last year we started with um, New Orleans, which was the number one spot, and on the topic last year's of list. today's episode. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, which I and I wrote the item for the list, which is just you know I don't know 150, 200 words, something like that. But um, it's a place that I feel you know very passionately about. I have a six and a half year old daughter, and and I think about a year and a half ago, maybe a little more, two years ago, we took her down there for the first time, and um, I had written a story I think in 2016 about the cocktail scene there, so I was down there for a week for that, which is a rough assignment, I know. But it's just a place. We're not talking about hurricanes on Bourbon Street, I'm guessing. No, definitely not. Um, I avoided Bourbon Street for that story. Yeah. Although there are some places in the French Quarter that are terrific, um, I will say. Um, And Bourbon Street can be a lot of fun. It's just, yeah, it's not a place that we can. So I actually went for Mardi Gras once, Mm -hmm. and I am am not a partier. Yeah. So uh, I think all my friends were shocked when they they heard that, oh, I went down to visit a friend. But Mardi Gras was never really on my list, but I had a great time, and I don't think I, I had. A single drink for several days at a time. I just I was actually staying in the Garden District uh-huh. and I was watching Which all the parades. Yeah. And I really, I mean, my expectation was kind of you know what what you see on TV and in articles and right. all the crazy you know festivities on Bourbon Street. But if you go out of the French Quarter, there's That's actually right. a lot to enjoy. And there's That's I feel right. like there's yeah. something for everyone, even during Mardi Gras. I agree with you. I've actually never been during Mardi Gras. I've been just before Mardi Gras, which is a great time. Just a little little tip. Great time to go is right before Mardi Gras or any of the music festivals, right before Jazz Fest as well. 
because a lot of the musical acts are in town and they're playing small smaller venues yeah, around yeah, town yeah. before they play the giant, you know, especially with Jazz Fest, you know, the sort of, you know, massive fair, I think there's some parades, rounds. practice parades, things like that. And there's a whole bunch of parades that lead up to Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. So the one that I really love is... Um, is Cru de Vieux, which is the the first, I think, well, it's not technically the first. It's one of the first parades in the parade season. It's some, I think it usually falls in like early, uh, yeah, early to mid-January. It's much more local. I mean, there's, there's some tourists, but it's clearly mainly locals. It's very raunchy. It's all about um, sort of, the, the, there are a lot of floats. They're all very satirical. They mm-hmm. take on, you know, local politicians, national politicians. Oh, they should be interesting um, this year. Yeah, yeah, for, I'm, I'm sure. I went to the, I went last year and the year before, I think, actually. Is that right? Or two years ago, three years ago. So what, what kind of traveler do you recommend New Orleans for? Not just during Mardi Gras, but throughout the year. That's a great question. I mean, I would say, you know, it's great for a lot of kinds of travelers. And the most obvious two sort of categories are culture and food. So, you know, and I've, for, I've had some amazing food. Yeah. There. I mean, for my money, you know, I mean, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a little biased. I think, you know, New York and, and probably L.A. at this point are probably the best eating cities in the country. But New Orleans is right up there and it's sui generis. It is no place like New Orleans in a variety of ways, but including with food, um, you know, after Katrina, which is now, gosh, like what, 13 years ago. Obviously, they had to do. A, there's a lot of coming back that had to happen. It has largely. Um, a lot of classic places have reopened and are thriving. So you can certainly go and get sort of classic New Orleans food, which again is like this. I mean, you really can't get anywhere else. Well, can um, you describe it for me? What what is classic New Orleans? Well, I mean, there's po boys, of course. At Mother's is that? Yeah, but Mother's is one one, one place. There's, I mean, po boy. You know, bring up po boys to a New Orleans resident, and they will go off. I mean, it, you know, it depends on what kind of po'boy you like. It's like cheesesteaks in Philly, but to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, way more complicated than that. Like, um, you know, I'll give the, the, the two that I love are, um, they, they're, uh, if you want um, barbe- what they call barbecue shrimp, even though there's no barbecue involved, um, barbecue shrimp po'boy, there's a place called Liuzzo's by the Track, which is fantastic. It's been there for decades. There's a place all the way um, up by Lake Pontchartrain, so it's not that super easy to get to, but um, called R&O's, which is really – they have a whole bunch of po' boys, but the most famous one is a roast beef po' boy. So the po' boy is just is, – is essentially just like a template, you know, the way – I don't know what it is, an analogy, like pizza maybe or something where you could – you know, there's like so many different varieties. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to go back to your question, I mean, you know, New, New Orleans has all of these very intricate – Influences, his sort of historical influences. So you have the French period is sort of the most most well known one. But before the French colonized New Orleans, the Spanish colonized New Orleans. So there's Spanish culture, there's French culture, there's indigenous uh, people uh, peoples. There's there's the Caribbean, and which the largely through the slave trade populated uh, um, New Orleans, as did people from Latin America, from Africa. Again. Uh, so the slave trade. There's a really great book if anybody's curious on sort of going down this rabbit hole called the I think it's called the World That Made New Orleans. So it's not technically about the New Orleans history. It's sort of prehistory of how it got how it sort of create got, got created. Um, and can you experience those different cultures in different sections of, yeah, of the I mean, city? You or? Know, well, no. I mean, at this point, you know, it's more like there's really the synthesis of mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And so you see elements of it. A great example is there's a fantastic restaurant called Compare Le Pain, which um, is like their um, Briar Rabbit. It's like it's, a, it's the, the French version of, of, of Briar Rabbit. Um, and the chef there is Nina Compton, who was a I think she was a finalist on on um, Top Chef. She's from Saint Lucia, so the food there is this a really great amalgam of the food that she grew up with in Saint Lucia, but a lot of like sort of New Orleans influence. She and her uh, partner Larry Miller opened up another place called the. Uh, I'm going to get it wrong, Bywater American Bistro, I think it's called, that opened up this this past year. And uh, they're just fantastic restaurants. But what's really interesting now is that for a number of years, after the Vietnam War, uh, there there was a huge influx of Vietnamese into New Orleans. And until the last few years, they were really concentrated on the, essentially what are the suburbs of, of New Orleans. You really had to drive like 40, 45 minutes to get there. And, you know, the po-, po boy and a bon me are pretty similar yeah. in, in in structure. No pate, perhaps, um, but no. They're in some in some cases. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. sure. Um, and so that's now sort of infiltrated the city. Um, and There's so many different influences. It's yeah. It's really it really is incredible. And I, there, I mean, there are other places like this. I mean, the one uh, one that people bring up a lot nowadays is Houston, which has mm-hmm. has an incredibly mm-hmm. diverse population and similarly a lot of a huge Asian and, and Southeast Asian populations. So there certainly are other places that are that are like this, but sort of when it's all in the context of New Orleans, and New Orleans is also just a lot about the vibe. I mean, it's just a very laid back place. I remember when I was writing that cocktail story, I was waiting to hear from a friend of mine. I was sort of parked, I parked myself just to sit and read in, in Louis Armstrong Park. And I texted my friend and I said, you know, hey, like just checking in. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to meet you till later. But, you know, you're right across the street from Bartanique, which is this um, one of the really fun, laid back sort of bars uh, down there opened about 10 years ago. And he, and I was like, well, it's, I don't know, it's like three in the afternoon. And he was like, and he was like first of all, it's open. And second of all, nobody's going to give you a weird look about drinking in the afternoon <laughs> in this town. That's what we, what we do. Um, and sure enough, like I went over, there were a few people there and I got a drink and it was great. And, and it was incredibly cheap. I mean, it was like they had the afternoon special for like five, five bucks a cocktail or something like that. And it was a top-notch cocktail. So there's all of that. And then just, and, you know, so food is, is, is one, is, and, and drink is one big one, but also culture, specifically music. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it is just one of the highest concentrations of great music that you, that you can see. And, and you can walk it, down, just down any street in the French Quarter. And... Yes, although I, I always recommend people go a little bit outside the French Quarter to Frenchman Street, which is I think, I think is technically outside the French Quarter by a few blocks. Frenchman Street is lined with music venues, and you can get you can find almost anything you're looking for: jazz, funk, um, uh, bluegrass, R and B, and you know, in New Orleans, they have what's called to-go cups, where you just you get you get a drink and yeah. you can carry. Some it. of them have lanyards. I think you can actually wear them around your yeah, neck. I, I'm, <laughs> I would, that does not surprise me at all. Um, and so you can literally go, you know, club hopping from one place to another. So you know, when I was down there a couple of trips ago, I saw I was sort of waiting for this funk show to start across the street. Wandered into the Black Hat, which is a place that's been there for for a long time, and there was a really great bluegrass trio that was playing. I'm not super into bluegrass music, but it was a lot of fun. And then when that sort of 
slowed down. I wandered across the street and saw my funk show and, and then went into a jazz club afterwards for like sort of a late night, you know, stop. And it's, and, and, you know, that's, I mean, there's a concentration of it on Frenchman Street, but yeah, there's places all, all over um, the French Quarter and elsewhere that are, that are great music venues. I'm, I'm feeling, getting the feeling that we could do an entire podcast series on New Orleans, <laughs> but um, we're actually running out of time, believe it or yeah. not. I have one last question for sure. you. What, what would you recommend to a first time visitor? Let's mm-hmm. say maybe a couple in their, 30s or 40s. Yep. They've never been to New Orleans before. They've got a long weekend. Right. You know, where should they stay? What should they do? So I would say probably don't stay in the French Quarter. Um, it's definitely worth visiting. But um, I would ideally stay in maybe the Warehouse District, which is a really pretty area. Everything, I mean, a, a, a large percentage of New Orleans is walkable, and it's certainly easy to get around by taxi and stuff uh, otherwise. So uh, I would stay in probably the Warehouse District, if you can find a spot in the Garden District, it's also really beautiful. There is, you know, there are still areas that are still coming back after Katrina, and you know, it, it, it's still a city with a serious crime issue. So I, people should be aware of that certainly going in. But uh, I would say, I would say that I would say do some research on food. There's, I mean, a lot of great food to be had. I, I could start listing places, but I mean. I mentioned compar- what, compar- let's say three dishes that you'd have to have. Well, I would say the, so. I would say the curried goat at Compare Le Pain is one of my favorite things in the world. Cochon, which is a fantastic place. There's so there's Cochon and there's Cochon Butcher, which is sort of like the more casual place. Muffaletta, with muffaletta sandwich, which is sort of it's like a round a, sandwich, right? It's, yeah, it's a round okay. sandwich. It's got a whole a bunch of layers of various things. It's in a New Orleans invention. I would try the version at Cochon Butcher, which is sort of a modern version, and the version at Central Grocery, which is sort of the classic version. So I would say those two things. And then, yeah, I would say, like, get a really good po' boy somewhere. I mean, you know, again, my two favorites, Loses by the Track and R&O, but there's a million of them. Mother's is certainly a lot of fun. Go to one of the great bars and clubs. I mean, there's new bars. Latitude 29 is great. And then there's, like, really classic places like the Roosevelt Hotel, Sazerac Bar, which is, uh, uh, has been around for, I don't know, 100 years, something like that. Um, a bunch of places that sort of somehow survived Prohibition. And, you know, it's a little... Oh, wait, no, I should mention one other thing, very important, beignets. Oh, um, so beignets are just one of the great things in existence. Café du Monde is the really famous place that's down by the water um, or close to the water. Um, the line is often insane, um, I would recommend, and I would recommend this anyway, going up to City Park, which is sort of north, uh, northern part of the city. Um, you can take the the uh, the 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 what it's called, the streetcar there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in City Park, you've got a library stuff for kids. So there's like a train, little train that goes around the whole park. There's a sculpture garden. There's a little like Storyville area for kids. There's an art museum, and in City Park is a place called Morning Call. Which has, in my opinion, I'm I'm gonna gonna freak out some New Orleans uh, folks over here, but um, uh, in my opinion, has better beignets and coffee than Cafe Dumont does. So morning call is my is my pick. Well, then I will definitely be tweeting you before my my next trip to New Orleans. Feel free. Uh, Feel free. Just before we go, where can listeners follow you on on social media? Yeah, so I'm I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Dan Saltstein S A L T Z S T E I N. Um, and um, and yeah, I mean, nytimes.com. Well, thank you so much, Dan. We will be back after the break uh, to talk about points and miles for booking your trip to New Orleans. Hi. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we are now sitting down with TPG's social media editor, Sam Rosen. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Very excited to be here. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for joining us on Miles Away. I hear this might be your first podcast. Your sources are correct. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited. But you are an expert on all things New Orleans. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Also correct. So Dan's visited a whole bunch of times, but you actually live there. Yes. So I went to Tulane. So I lived there for about four years, minus the one semester that I was abroad in Madrid. And it is my absolute favorite city in the entire world. I love it and I miss it with all my heart. I'm excited to talk to you guys more about it and why you should definitely, definitely, definitely consider it for your next trip. So where where did you live in the city when you were there? So I lived in the Uptown District, which is right near Tulane. Like I lived right off campus when I was a junior and senior. It's kind of the suburbs of New Orleans, if that makes sense. It's still technically in the city, but it's the more residential area. It was absolutely gorgeous up there. A ton of like southern mansions and obviously amazing food. That's what my life revolves around. Uh, so Sam is our, our go-to. <laughs> if I need somewhere to go for dinner tonight, tomorrow, in a month, Sam, help me out. It's good because everyone else in the office is my personal Google and I turn around and I'm like, I need help booking a flight. <laughs> what do I do? So <laughs> Give me we got a good thing going. And we're good. Exactly. It's a good trade. So is that the same as the Garden District? Because yeah. A little bit, yeah. The Garden District is technically part of Uptown, and Uptown is broken up into a lot of different other parts. Okay. So So walk me through the key neighborhoods. Yes. So the French Quarter, of course, that's like where the city started. That's really where all the touristy parts are. It's it's beautiful down there. There's a ton to eat, see, do, and I'll, I'll walk you guys through it a little bit later, but that's the big one. And then, of course, the Central Business District is right next to that. That's a lot more like up and coming. A lot of good restaurants are also appearing there. And then the Bywater is one of my favorites. It's really fun and funky. There's good music. Of course, more good food. It is by the water. How'd you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's another great one. And then, of course, Uptown. Yeah, those are probably my favorite ones just in terms of like where to stay and where to visit. Okay, so Let's let's break it down for different yeah. types of travelers. Totally. So say I'm, you know, with traveling with a family, what what neighborhood would I pick? I would say to stay in the French Quarter because you're going to want to be near all of the sightseeing. You're going to want to be by Jackson Square, which is right across from Cafe du Monde. You're going to want to go to the French Market and walk along the Mississippi River. You're going to want to even maybe take like a horse and buggy ride so that you get to see all of the old architecture of New Orleans and like that's all going to be in the palm of your hands if you're in the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. And like I ghost think, tours at night. Exactly, exactly. And I think with a family, it's so you know it's convenient to be down there already. I mean, walking around the French Quarter, you really don't feel like you're in the U.S. No, at, at not all. at all. You but, feel like you're in like a different like planet almost. <laughs> I so I've I've only stayed in the French Quarter once. I think I've, I actually was there during Mardi Gras, but I stayed in the Garden District, yeah. which I think was a, a good call during Mardi Gras. Yeah. It, gets insane oh yeah have you <laughs> been the there least. during mardi gras before i've been to four mardi gras uh, <laughs> yes <okay. laughs> and two of which were actually during my birthday week so uh 
I had some fun. (laughs) Did you have one of those hurricanes around your neck with the lanyard? Uh, Yeah, my friends really tried to embarrass me because I am not a birthday diva at all, but they wanted to, like, dress me up in, like, a feather boa and had, like, you know, I'm the birthday girl kind of sash. I, yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) so on on topic, where, which neighborhood would I pick from, let's say, my bachelorette party? Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably stay in either the CBD which is right oh. next to the French Quarter. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're still kind of like right there. You're downtown. You're relatively close to Frenchman Street, which is a fun place to go out. There's a lot of bars and music clubs there, like DBA or Maison. Uh, but I think in terms of like if you're doing a bachelor or bachelorette party, you're pretty close to the French Quarter. And, of course, you're going to want to go to Bourbon Street, even though it's the most touristy place and honestly kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely go to Pado's. And, uh, yeah, you're, I think the CBD is probably going to be your best bet. So who stays in the Garden District? Because um, I love it question. there. I mean, it was, it was a real, like, locals experience, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think my experience, we my family stayed there, like, when I first moved into school. We stayed in this beautiful bed and breakfast, like, right across from Tulane and right next to Audubon Park, which is literally the most beautiful place in the world to me. And... I think that vibe was very different than like, oh, we want to go sightseeing and really see the city. I think if you want to stay uptown, you want to stay in the Garden District or, you know, by Tulane, like you want to just have more of like a low key trip as opposed to like seeing all of like the major sites. Mm-hmm. So the hotels kind of run the gamut. I mm-hmm. definitely want to focus on, on points and miles yeah. a, a bit. But I have seen prices range from, you know, a, a low hundreds dollars to, to up, up, up from there, depending on when you go and where you stay. Obviously, French Quarter CBD seems like the place to be. Yep. What What are our hotel options there? You have a ton of hotel options. So two of my favorite hotels that I would stay in if my family ever came to visit were the Ritz-Carlton and the Windsor Court. So the Ritz-Carlton is obviously part of Marriott, and that's in the French Quarter. And the Windsor Court is not part of any chain but it's in the CBD, and you can also book it through Amex Fine Hotels and Resorts. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. that was going to be my next yep, question. Yep, you can actually book both of them through Amex Fine Hotels and Resorts. Okay, so points with Ritz-Carlton, yep. free perks, $100 um, amenity that you get with yep. an, and an upgrade, 4 p.m. late checkout, things like that at the Windsor Court. Exactly. So either way, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of perks if you do book through Amex. And then as far as other hotels you can stay at, there is the JW Marriott which is actually where they arrested Robert Durst. Fun oh, fact. Mm-hmm. Some history. Some history, yes. And there's the W, the Westin, the Aloft. Um, and then as far as Hilton, there's the Hilton Riverside, and that's in the CBD. There's the Waldorf Astoria Roosevelt, also in the CBD. Also, pro tip, go to Dominica, which is downstairs in the Waldorf Astoria. Get the cauliflower. Thank me later. It is delicious. Okay, I'm definitely getting the cauliflower. <laughs> Perfect, yes. You will love it. Another one of my favorite hotels that you should definitely look into, it's not a points hotel, but it's called the Hotel Monteleone, and there's rumors that it is haunted and that there's a ghost on the 13th floor. Oh. Yes. Plus, it has a carousel bar downstairs that actually spins around. Don't worry, it doesn't spin fast. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. you've, you've got my attention yes. now. Yes, so definitely check that out. Love it there. Being in the U.S. and in, in a major airport, it's, yep. so the airport code is MSY, mm-hmm. and there there are a lot of flight options. So yes. you can get there from from most obviously every hub, yep. um, but most major cities in the U.S. Yes, and typically, you know, it's it's one of those since it's domestic within North America, you can mm-hmm. often find save rewards for twenty five thousand miles. Yeah, definitely. So I'm from New York, and you know, when I would fly back and forth to school, I'd usually fly on Delta or JetBlue. Honestly, I did not read the site at the time and I missed out on a ton of perks that I could have gotten (laughs) by flying back and forth to school but I really just flew whichever one is cheaper 
obviously now that I know better, <laughs> I'm you know looking at all my options. Um, so I'm actually going back in April, and I'm going with my grandparents. It's their favorite city in the world, and they used to come visit me for my birthday every year. So we actually found first-class tickets on Delta round trip for 49,000 sky miles, which is kind of crazy because we were looking and economy was only 38,000. So we paid what a little, you know, 11,000 more to get first round trip. trip. Oh man, that's a steal for Delta. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, definitely look at, at the saver availability on, on your flights and see, you know, play around with Google flights. I know Southwest also just launched out of LaGuardia back in November. Oh, they've been nonstop down there? Okay. Well, given that there's so much competition, uh, I would actually suggest starting your search on Google Flights. Yes, agreed. Um, Just because, I mean, you could come out ahead paying cash over using miles. Totally. It really just depends on when you're going. What are the peak seasons? When when would you recommend going? You said April. Yeah. So New Orleans is kind of broken up into a few different seasons and not winter, spring, summer, fall. (laughs) It's kind of... uh, Carnival season, which starts in January and then continues on through Mardi Gras and ends on Fat Tuesday, which is literally Mardi Gras in French. Mm. And then after that, it's festival season, which includes Jazz Fest and French Quarter Fest. Tulane has Craw Fest. I'm just catching up to Mardi Gras. I just, yeah. I just got it. I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. It all makes sense now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, football season is in the fall. So there's there's always something going on in New Orleans. Personally, my favorite time to visit is is April or March during festival season. I love live music, and obviously, I love five food. Live, <laughs> I love food, as I said five thousand <laughs> times on this podcast already. Uh, but I think that festival season is really just like the perfect combination of those two things. So I would try to go in March or April when it's not too hot, like early April, not late April, because it definitely gets like horrendously hot like to the point where you stand there and you just sweat (laughs) i was telling dan we actually went once in august and ran from one store to the next just to get air conditioning you literally like especially if you have glasses on like you just stand there and And they fog on i always wear glasses i remember that i was a little kid even and i'm just like i can't like what is this place my mom didn't leave the hotel and i don't i don't blame her one bit (laughs) well the good news is the flights are really cheap over the summer (laughs) so you can get a new one out (laughs) yes exactly exactly (laughs) but uh yeah and also my other tip is that if you do want to go see like the floats during carnival season it, and it's your first time do not go for mardi gras go like a week or two before because you'll be right in the middle of carnival season you'll get to see the parades but the whole city won't be so focused on the parades mm-hmm. like during mardi gras weekend which typically pretty much starts like thir- that thursday night into tuesday which is mardi gras the whole city is you know at the parades and and celebrating and everything so you can't just like stroll into any restaurant like you, you know, you can't just go and, and walk around and really see the city because everything is so focused on Mardi Gras. I think to get the best of both worlds, go a week or two before so that you can get a little taste of it. But you can also see all the other things that New Orleans has to offer. Right. It's like coming to New York City for New Year's Eve. Right. And going to Times Square. Totally. It's insane. Totally. It's like there's so much more. Now, Dan and I talked a little bit about the different food options uh, in New Orleans. But what would you say are like the five dishes that you can't leave without? Oh, that is like I could write a novel about all the food in New Orleans in case you have not been listening by now. But um, I think... It kind of depends on the vibe that you're going to go for. Um, if you want a really, really, really nice classic New Orleans meal, I would say Galator's. That's my favorite restaurant, uh, my grandparents' favorite restaurant. Um, it has a ton of history to it, and it's absolutely delicious. I think as far as, like, a little bit newer and more fun, I would do Shia, and the new one is Saba. I haven't been to Saba yet, 
but I have been to Shia and it is delicious. Also get the pita bread, very fluffy. And my favorite sandwich place is called St. James, St. James Cheese Company. It is just like... Do they have po' boys there? Is they it? do not at St. James, oh, but okay. funny you ask, because my next recommendation was going to be to go to Domelisi's for po' boys. Okay. Yes. That is like a classic New Orleans institution. Also, you're going to want to get your po' boy fully dressed. Oh, tell me all about how I get my po' boy fully dressed. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a classic New Orleans thing if there ever were. <laughs> but basically, it means that they put all the fixins on it, all the toppings, the, uh, the tomatoes, the lettuce. The, it's not really a dressing, but okay. So yeah. it's like the South Philly cheesesteak thing. Yes. If you're like wit, or yep. Like they're gonna ask you if you want your po' boy fully dressed. So instead of looking at them like they have two heads, you're just gonna want to say yes, I do. Okay. Yes. What kind of hat are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> and then Cafe Dumont, I think, is is probably on yep. the list. Do you have an alternative to that, or if there's a long line? I or? personally love Cafe Dumont, but my secret hack for Cafe Dumont is to go to the to go counter and get your po your po' boys your beignets to go. And then you don't have to wait on such a long I line. I have done that. Yes. I came up with that my, on my own. Did you really? I, yes. You're, I you're ahead of the game, Zach. <laughs> Even as a kid, because I've always hated waiting in lines. Same. And there can be some serious lines in oh, yeah. lines, especially to get into some of the, the bars. Definitely. The dueling piano clubs, mm-hmm. things Shadows. like that. Yeah. The good news is that Cafe de Monde is open 24-7. So, you know, depending on your schedule, you can always go back at a later time if you do want to do the sit-down service. But if you really just want the beignets... And you should want the beignets because they're delicious. I would just opt for the takeout counter. Go find a nice bench that overlooks the Mississippi River and just, like, hang out. So it sounds like it's a pretty walkable city. Yeah. For the most part, it's very walkable, especially if you're downtown in the French Quarter or the CBD in those areas. You're going to want to be careful about which areas that you're strolling into. As far as, like, those two areas that I just mentioned, they are very safe. They are very touristy. But it's a city. You know, be aware of your surroundings always. And, you know, depending on where you are, you, you can walk. Mm-hmm. You can't really walk from, like, Tulane, for example, to downtown in the French I've done, Quarter. I have done that. I'm a big walker. <laughs> you are a big walker. Actually, the only time that I ever took a car in New Orleans was getting to and from the airport. Well, I'm very excited to hear about your trip in, in April. Yes, I'm so excited. I haven't been in, like, two years, over two years. Oh, so it's, it's a long time coming. I cannot wait. I miss it so much. If, if someone wants to follow along on your New Orleans adventures, where can they find you yes, on social media? Absolutely. Uh, seeing as how I am our social media person, I am always on social media. <laughs> so my Instagram is at Samantha underscore Rosen, R-O-S-E-N. And on Twitter, I'm at Samantha Rosen underscore don't mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> There's an underscore there somewhere. Yes, okay. exactly. So I will be sure to be posting a lot. And if you guys ever have any questions about beginner stuff or points and miles or what to do, eat, see in New Orleans, really anything, feel free to DM me. More than happy to help. I can talk your ear off about New Orleans. So <laughs> let me know. Well, thank you so much, Of course. Sam. Thank Thanks you, Zach. Anytime. It's the best time. That's all for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Dan Saltstein and Sam Rosen. Again, I am your host, Zach Honig, and this episode was produced by Caroline Shagrin with editing by Ryan Gabos. Our theme music is by Alex Schiff. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, and we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.